It's another month of comedy and time for another roundup. Tonight on the panel, we're talking to the cast of the hit CBC sketch show, Tall Boys, and how they took a comedy troupe born in the clubs and basements of Toronto all the way to network TV. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Some yeah. From donated clothes to caps and gowns It's a little shout to my black and brown Folks that know the game, not in class to clown Had the funny accent, well, look who's laughing now See Samir came here to run And he slayed that every minute Welcome back to an all new Inside Jokes Right here on 640 Toronto And of course streaming Canada wide On the Global News Radio Network Brought to you of course by our good friends at Hakeem Optical Helping you see brighter days ahead We can only hope it is, of course, the end of another month in comedy. That means it is time for another full roundup panel. We've got our producer, Vince Tedesco, on the line. How are you doing, buddy? Doing well, Dean. Doing well. Spring is almost kind of sort of near. Spring is almost here. Things are opening up again and blossoming open. The comedy clubs are open again. The live shows are happening. And this week, Vince, for another roundup, we're flipping back over the TV dial. Uh, of course, the last few weeks, we've done a bit of that. We had, of course, our friends from Last One Laugh in Canada on the air with us this past month. Uh, CBC Gems, Overlord and the Underwoods joined us last month. Uh, so tonight for the roundup, we got a full panel. We have the sketch troupe Tall Boys to Men, who, of course, are now featured on CBC Comedy and CBC Gem with their hit series spinoff, Tall Boys. So we're going to find out how they took this little stage show with sort of a cult following in you know clubs and basements and I, I think they cut their teeth at the Ossington here in Toronto but we're going to get the exact background on that but how they took that from the clubs and basement and bars of Toronto comedy scene all the way to network tv and they're they're in their third season heading in their third season now and I mean obviously they've built quite a following with this so we're going to pick their brains all about that yeah kind of like uh um I mean, they have their own vibe, but I mean, it's, you know, Kids in the Hall, same sort of thing. Baron Von Sketch, it's kind of like the male counterpart to that show, but they they landed on something and, you know, it, it's good to see that Canadian talent is uh, is rolling with it and putting out some some great stuff and, and shout out to CBC Gem, CBC Comedy for uh, producing such, uh, such great Canadian talent that we have and we constantly promote on this show. So, yeah. They really have. I mean, we've, you know, it seems like in the last few years, a lot of the stuff we're seeing on CBC Gem and on, on network TV and the comedy world now is really reflective of who the comics of today are. So, I mean, Tall Boys, yeah, there's very much, and I don't know who their influences were. I'm going to pick their brains on that. But, you know, there's that sort of off-the-wall absurdity of, like, a Kids in the Hall and a Mr. Show. Uh, but they also very cleverly sort of swirl in a lot of not messages necessarily but just a lot of topical things of today so i mean all the stuff everybody's talking about race and gender identity and societal norms and sex and ego and all this stuff they, they put this stuff into their sketches but they're not hitting you over the head with it they just have a very clever take on a lot of these sort of hot button topics uh so that is our roundup for this month we're gonna get into it with tall boys brought to you of course by our good friends at hakeem optical because the world is stuck in 2020 and now your vision can be too. I'm still not sick of that slogan. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> a, I like that. 
I really hope we can stop using it any day now, but who knows? <laughs> uh, of course, it is the end of another month in comedy, so we've got a full panel once again on the roundup tonight. We're flipping over to the TV dial. This is a crew of comics that I've wanted to get on the show for a while. The sketch troupe Tall Boys to Men, who are, of course, the cast behind the now hit CBC comedy series Tall Boys. We'll go around the panel. We've got Gulet Abdi. How are you doing, man? Good. You know, uh, my my voice is still waking up, but I'm doing great. <laughs> yeah, that, this is for our listeners at home who haven't out by now. You know, we we tape this show at noon, but for a lot of comics, that's very early in the morning. <laughs> six a.m. for me. That's yeah. six a.m. in comedy time. We have Vance Banzo on the line. How you doing, man? Oh, you know, I'm in it. Um, I'm, in, I'm in the pocket here. I'm ready to go. <laughs> you are in the pocket. Uh, old friend of mine, I haven't seen in a while. Franco Wynn is on the air. How you doing, man? Good to be here. Feeling pretty good. Uh, yeah, tall. I'm yeah, feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> feeling emotionally tall. The tall boys yeah. are in the house. And last, but of course, certainly not least, we've got Tim Blair on the air. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, Dean. Thanks for having us. This is so, I mean, I, how, I wanted to, for our listeners at home, I mean, yeah, you guys have been on CBC. It's really picked up steam. You built quite a following the last couple of years and the last couple of seasons. It's, it's interesting to see. I mean, we've had a few CBC Gem shows on the air with us this past seasons. They're doing a lot of new and exciting stuff with a lot of comics that are sort of finely reflective of who you see in live comedy in Canada right now. When you go to those basement shows and those indie clubs and bar shows and stuff in Toronto, a lot of these comics that you come up seeing in stand-up and sketch, that's who you're finally seeing on network TV now. That hasn't really kind of happened to this level in a long time in Canadian comedy. So I'm curious. I mean, you guys came together as the sketch troupe Tall Boys to Men, which, by the way, I always loved that name. Uh, and I know it was born in live shows in Toronto, the kind of shows we all came up doing. You're in front of small, intimate rooms full of people and all that stuff. Where was sort of the birthplace of this whole sketch troupe? What was like your main your main venue back in the day? Uh, it all started at the Social Capital Theater on uh, Danforth, right by Broadview Station. Gouled used to host a, a, an open mic with another comedian, comedian Anna Maria Stoich. And yeah. uh, that was the first place we ever did. Our first few shows were all there. And instead of doing five minutes of stand-up each, we pooled our time together to do like 15, 20 minutes of sketch. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where it all began. Well, it is interesting. And I mean, for our listeners at home who aren't familiar with that social capital, that was always sort of like comedy bar East. They had two stages in there. So any given night, there could be like two, three, four shows happening in two different rooms. And a lot, it was just another one of those venues that a lot of stand up and sketch comics just sort of hung out at. It was like another comedy cheers sort of a thing. So you'd hang out, do <laughs> shows sort of bounce ideas off of each other. It, it is interesting, though. I mean, you go back way back in the day. Um, I don't know how much of an influence they are on you guys, but certainly a cornerstone in Canadian sketch. But of course, kids in the hall were sort of born that way. They were just a group of friends that used to do sketch live at the Rivoli. And eventually somebody from the network just went, oh, we should put these guys on TV. That really hasn't happened kind of since then. I feel like Tall Boys is very much part of this sort of new wave in Canadian television that didn't really exist for the past 20 years in between. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it is a little wild when, uh, when you put it in that, in those terms, because I feel there's been so many great sketch troops that we, when we started out that we were watching and uh, the week when we got our opportunity to do a show, I remember thinking like, Oh man, it's great. Like when people would say like, 
this doesn't happen very often. I'm like, how is how's it possible? Are they watching the same shows we're watching? Because like you go to the Montreal Sketch Fest, Toronto Sketch Fest, like there are such funny people doing like off the wall bits and using the stage stage in like very like ways that I never thought, like Elephant Empire, like giving the stage depth and dimension. Like it's, it's got height, you know, but they're yeah. not using any using very few props. And so seeing people like work like that, I was like, I, I don't understand how how are these people are not also on TV, you know. Well, and it was also funny in Canadian comedy because, yeah, you would you would go to the festivals. You just go to venues like Comedy Bar on any given night and you see a lot of these comics and you go, why isn't anybody putting these people in front of the camera and greenlighting their projects? We it just never happened. And then all of a sudden, a few years ago at JFL in Montreal, you had Kevin Hart coming here with his LOL network and just greenlighting everybody. Just being like, I'll put you on. I'll put you on. It's like, why didn't Canada do that this entire time? It took an American dude to just show up and give everybody their 15 minutes so it's so refreshing to finally see these wave of shows like tall boys come out and actually be reflective of who it is that's working in canadian comedy right now for all you guys i mean i know obviously you you know you taped during all this craziness the last couple of years i'm sure you all have dipped your feet into zoom shows and all the digital stuff um i'm sure you're all itching to get back to you know when you're not on camera to doing live shows again but this is such a good example of how essential those small shows and those indie clubs in Canadian comedy how much of an incubator those are I mean how much do you guys think that we essentially need to get back to those live shows those breeding grounds for so much undiscovered talent in Canada yeah a lot of our writing process was required the live audience we really needed to get their feedback Um, sometimes we would just kind of have like a half-baked premise and then we would just be like all right let's figure it out on stage and because we have all have a uh, improvising backgrounds we could play off each other and and use our chemistry to our advantage and then that was the adjustment we had to do with tv where uh you know time is of the essence so we have to break off into groups and kind of sit around uh, like monkeys at a typewriter um, <laughs> uh, it is yeah, true yeah. Because you don't have that immediate that like call and response that's you know sketch and improv people feed off of so much. It's like that's that's your test night after night. You just go out there and figure it out, and you base the reactions and the energy off what's happening. And then if it's not working, you fine tune it. But I guess when you're now you're on network TV and you're in front of the camera, it's like okay, this is it. This is a polished thing now that just has to float. Uh, all right, so much more to pick the brains of tall boys about how this all became a thing and some of the. I feel like you guys are delving into some pretty talked about topics right now, but in a very interesting and refreshing way. We're going to come back with more Tall Boys to Men right here on Inside Jokes. We're Tall, tall boys, boys to Men, and you're listening, listening to Inside, Inside Jokes. Jokes Radio. Is that Inside Jokes Radio? <laughs> you know, I got to hear that. Check it out. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby! Right here on 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Helping you eye roll so hard at this insane garbage fire we're all trapped in. I love I'm going to... I keep saying I'm going to miss these pandemic promos, but I don't know. Are they going anywhere? Every Something crazy happens every day. Now we're at like World War Three coming up, apparently. So I don't know. Five seconds to midnight. That's why we need comedy. 
It is, of course, the end of another month, which means it's time for another roundup. We have the cast of Tall Boys, the hit CBC comedy sketch series on the air with us now. We got Franco, Gulad, Tim, and Vance. Uh, before the break, we were talking about how, yeah, you guys just sort of, you know, you're doing stand-up and sketch together. You came together at the social capital and, you know, small Toronto, just Toronto live shows like that and came together and started doing this stuff together. Now you're on network TV. And I think... I think one thing that's also very refreshing about Tall Boys and a lot of the other stuff you're finally now seeing on, on you know, CBC Comedy on, on network TV from new comics is comics and content that are actually reflective of what Canada actually is and Canada actually looks like. And I'm sure you can all relate to this in personal ways, but I mean, realistically, growing up in Canadian comedy... We didn't see comics of color on TV. We didn't see first-generation Canadian performers on TV. We didn't see Indigenous performers on TV. We didn't see Asian-Canadian comics on TV. Most of what we saw always coming out of the galas and coming off of network specials, everybody just kind of looked like, you know, Ron James and Mike McDonald. That's kind of <laughs> who was out there. And I mean, yeah, that was, you know, there were great comics to come up on. But I feel like you guys, with this show alone, just by the fact that you came together and started tackling some of the topics that you have turned into your comedy, is you've tapped into an audience that kind of probably just didn't didn't see themselves reflected at all in Canadian comedy before. So, I mean... I know you can sort of gauge that when you were doing live shows with Tall Boys to Men. Did you get that sense from people coming out and, and watching and being like, okay, these are comics I can finally relate to for once? Mm. <laughs> 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 no, no one. Really <laughs> I'd say like, yeah, absolutely. It's one of those weird things where we're kind of like, I don't know. Uh, it, Cause we, we became a sketch group. We all joined forces. Yeah, uh, just just because we're all friends and like each other's sense of humor. But when we start perform and, and hear feedback, like we're unintentionally like the Captain Planet uh, of diversity, where it's like I bring this to the table. <laughs> yeah. We all, but it's been really interesting, like hearing, like yeah, especially uh, it, it was. It, I think more so when we're on screen than live, just hearing feedback from people in like the Jamaican community. Whenever I write a sketch about Jamaican or like feedback of like, oh, there's a lot of people out there across Canada who can watch this stuff and relate th and relate to it. Like it's a uh, really incredible to see. Yeah, it my is hope is always that someone watches our show, some person of color, Indigenous, Asian, Canadian, or whatever, and and says, uh, I can do it better. That's, uh, that's what I want. <laughs> well, and even being represented, I mean, yeah, we're seeing that in network TV slowly but surely, finally. I mean, Vance, we never, you know, there's so many, so many great unknown to a wider audience indigenous artists in Canadian comedy, a lot of club performers that so many people watching at home have never even been exposed to. I mean, how much of, for you, I mean, this must be a bit of a watershed to be like, okay, well, I'm this sketch show is actually on network TV and it's sort of stuff that you, none of you guys ever got to see growing up really. Yeah. Uh, really blessed to be able to like say that, like, you know, some of the people that inspired me have been like enjoying the work that we've been putting out, which is like very, very cool. And like, you know, you got like a lot of great, you know, club comics, you know, Janelle Niles up in Ottawa and Howie Miller out in Edmonton, and you know, like Don Boone Burnstick out in the sticks, you know, like he's just doing all that. He's a great, great, like these are great comedians, you know, but just uh, never had a network knock on their door. So it's just, uh, but you're, you see that changing now. You got uh, 
Paul, I will never be able to pronounce his last name, but from out in Winnipeg, <laughs> uh, he's got uh, he's got a show coming out on on network TV now too about like his time heading back to the res after his acting career doesn't go anywhere. Like so, like like a lot of good. There's the ball is rolling, you know, and it's uh, it's very cool to see. It is, and I mean, for a country that you know we you know we always tout ourselves as being such a melting pot in Canada, and yeah, that's true, but for the the bulk of our history in television and in media and entertainment as small as it is in this country that stuff was just never accurately accurately reflected it was just sort of you know comedy specials was like white guy sport coat that's it kind of what and i mean it's, it's, a, not, it's a combination i know it, I'm, I'm i mean really you gotta have the sneakers <laughs> and the sport coat Those, we always we were always good at that for sure and i mean not just you know it's 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 a bit of everything that we're seeing now in canadian comedy and that we're seeing finally being picked up by the festivals and the networks i mean you're seeing queer comics you're seeing comics of different backgrounds you're seeing topics being tackled that people just kind of never even bothered to touch before. I don't know if there was a hesitation or it just wasn't what people were willing to do. One thing that I find very interesting and very fresh about tall boys as well is so much of the sketches that you guys do. And so much of the material that you write is exactly the things that people are talking about right now. So, I mean, you do tackle race all the time. You, you, you tackle gender identity and social politics of today, all this stuff. But you do it in an interesting way because a lot of that stuff that has made its way into stand-up in the few years, we kind of were skewing towards a place where we were getting a little bit Ted talky with it. You know, everything felt like it had to have like a message just like crammed in there. You guys are tackling this stuff almost in a sneaky under the radar way. Like you're completely confronting people with it, but you still have this very absurd off the wall thing where it's like okay we can talk about this very serious subject that's all over the headlines right now and that's on everyone's minds but we're gonna pull it apart and also show you all the silly sides of it and probably people are gonna walk away with having learned something without even realizing it yeah, i mean, I mean that, when you sit down what's what's that process like for you guys now that it is a show now that you're not you know experimenting with stuff in a club in front of a live audience now that it's an actual written honed network show how much of a different animal is it now how much of a different process is that for coming up with this material oh, frank we'll throw that one to you but oh yeah i mean uh a lot of times when we're you're on stage you can kind of feel it out and you can actually see the audience's immediate reaction so you can you can actually hear like oohs, uh, uh, or you can get immediate laughter. Like our PSA sketch, I think we were a little bit nervous. One, because the first time we did it was at a stand-up open mic, so we're performing in front of other stand-ups, crossing their arms, waiting to go on next. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're like, we yes. just want to come hard. We was like, if we can make this room laugh as a as a bunch of actors, um, then it, it could work. And the first time we did it, it was like really great. And we're like, oh, we got something here. Uh, but then when we did it at the uh, sketch incubator at Toronto Sketch Fest the first night, uh, I think uh, once Tim hit uh, his his beat, the room was like shaking. And it was all other sketch performers, like all sketch performers who think about sketch nonstop, who are like working all year to get to this show. Uh, and we're performing in just in front of just sketch performers. 
and it was like the room was rumbling it, it was like I, I never felt anything like that and it was like i remember well, in the sketch me and vance were uh, holding hands we're all holding hands <laughs> um, and i was like holding hands with vance in the stage but i was like really great because it felt like an avalanche of laughter was coming it was like this is changing so when you're in that environment you know you can you can be like i don't it doesn't matter if it's on stage or on film like there's something about this particular sketch that will always work it, like it hits there's this is a home run yeah. no matter what we know the play uh when you go to tv you don't get that response and also it moves much faster so you might have kind of half of an idea of this like you're talking about this particular subject of like race or identity or gender or whatever you don't if you haven't fully thought out your angle on it and you you run the risk of regurgitating what is in the zeitgeist you run the risk of saying something slight you run the risk of saying something you don't really believe in the great thing about that psa sketch that we did was it was like really challenging it was like really in your face it was really and ultimately it was really funny because it was such a nuanced different way of tackling this particular subject in yeah. this particular way and you and in a way that you people didn't see before when TV is moving so fast and we have to shoot in like eight weeks and we have strong feelings about certain things, but we don't have concrete um, articulation of that feeling, that's when it, it becomes the challenge where you're like, okay, I might feel this particular way, you know, you, you have, you, it's logistics and pragmatism versus, you know, your idealism. Right. And it's like the clash of those things. So that's the big challenge in TV. It, you're always up against the clock. Like in any time commerce comes into play, you're always up against the clock. Because yeah. Every move is costing you money. Um, but but on stage, you when you're not making money, <laughs> there's no issue because <laughs> you don't have to worry about that stuff. You're just, it's just all about the art. Uh, but here it's like people are invested in it. So you I, just I, have to move fast. And, and I guess it is. Oh, oh sorry, Tim. I was just gonna say, speaking of the clock, that's a, another part of the the ta uh, issue of tackling these things. Is TV? You're writing these sketches like months and months and before they get on air. When we were doing live sketch, it was like we have that idea that night and we say it. So like when we're writing these ideas, we try and like think how not only how it can be funny, but like keep ideas original and make sure that when we put them on air six months from now, you know, it'll stand out on its own. Yeah, I guess it is a double-edged sword too. too, right? Because like you don't have that, you don't have that call and response where an audience on any given night is gonna just let you figure it out, and they're gonna tell you if it works or not, and help <laughs> you turn the fat off. So it's like now it's just you guys in a writers' room, you know, banging ideas around and throwing ideas off each other. And I guess I'm assuming just seeing if it makes you, if it makes each other laugh, then it's like okay, we have something here. Flip side is though now you have a budget. Now you can do yeah. CG aliens and props and studios and, and wardrobe and all this. Cause before it was like theater of the mind, right? It's like you guys would go up at the SoCap and have an idea and you're just working with words and actions. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a double-edged sword too there too, because one end you can actually see the visualization of something like, you know, a, a, a giant hamster or aliens, but on stage, you don't, you just, the audience can imagine it. So in season one, we would be like, we had a scene where uh, we had a cult, 
uh, cult setting and then a bunch of helicopters came in uh, and the producers were like, we can't afford this many helicopters. Yeah. <laughs> Can we make it a radio joke? And yeah, so that that's another challenge as well. Yeah, that's well, what gets watching... tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah and even watching... discussions. Yeah. Do we go to big this... balls or more pancakes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and some of this stuff, I mean, I was watching the sketch where it was, is it racism or ancient demons? And it's like, yeah, that's very much something you guys wouldn't have just been able to go and pull out of your hat at like a comedy bar or something that's very much geared towards TV. Uh, I mean, Goulet and Vance, we'll throw this one over to you guys, but if there, is there certain stuff that you've been able to tackle now because you have those resources and because you're working in this medium that you just couldn't really touch on stage before? Um. I don't think so. No, I mean it's, just, it's bigger, you know. It's sort of yeah. like oh, we get to we get to see like, yeah, the props are large, as you're saying. Like I got to this season write a sketch about hamsters, and they made a wheel for me. So definitely wouldn't <laughs> be able to do that on stage. Um, but we could have tried. It just wouldn't have felt the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although I will say, and I'm gonna pick your brains on this when we come back from the break. I do still think, you know, one of the things that's good about testing this stuff in front of live crowds that I'm sure to some degree you miss is every once in a while you need a good healthy bomb. You need to know when something doesn't land, and you need to know right then and there in real time and not later on in a ratings book. Uh, all right, we're gonna find out more of what's going on behind the scenes of Tall Boys on CBC. We'll be right back, right here on Inside Jokes. Hey, how's it going? I'm Vance. What's going on? I'm Frank Nguyen. Hey, what's up? I'm Tim. And I'm Gulad. We're the cast of of Tall Boys. Boys. you're listening to (laughs) Inside Inside Jokes. jokes. Inside Jokes, baby. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto and of course all over the universe on Global News Online wherever there is the internets and lonely people stuck at home listening to comedy things because that's been three years of our lives almost. It is time of course for another roundup. We are wrapping up another month in comedy and we have the cast of Tall Boys on CBC Comedy, the network version of Toronto cult favorite comedy troupe tall boys to men which again i always loved that name we were talking about the difference between you know turning this into a network show where you don't have that call and response of a live crowd but you get a budget and cameras and broader concepts to play with so i mean you know there's 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 plus and minuses on both it's just i guess a different form of what you were what you were doing before can you guys think of a time where you tried something out on stage and completely ate it and bombed and died because i feel (laughs) i feel like that's something that's healthy once in a while for comics you all know you've all done sketch stand-up improv you know the pain the sweet pain of that but it's also like comedy gym right it's like you kind of need that once in a while to just pick up yourself and dust off and that's something that comics haven't really had you know gotten exposed to in the last couple years because we've all been doing digital shorts and zoom shows can you guys think of a time where you really just ate it as a group oh yeah yeah i think we're all thinking of this oh i was thinking about uh winpro <laughs> uh, Win- okay what happened in burlington burlington we performed at, at uh performing arts center um in this like small cabaret kind of room and there was it was like 
it probably sat around like 50, 60, and we had like six or seven all spaced out, right? Or <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was brutal. There, the, people were into it, uh, but like at a time, like not all at once. <laughs> and it, it, it was just like, yeah. us just going <laughs> I think we we're doing like, 35 45 minutes and just yeah. really just sweating just putting oh <laughs> yeah just double down yeah, it the, was, it was the moving the chairs was louder than any laughed audience <laughs> uh, the audience i think they hadn't reached a critical mass you need more than 10 people to get a big laugh <laughs> it's brave too i mean you know stand-ups always talk about how and it's true but how there's nothing worse than a show where people are bombarded by surprise stand-up <laughs> oh, didn't know that was about to happen and you know they aren't having it with sketch it's even more difficult because you are really you need that energy from the room you need them to sort of come along with you in order for these concepts to work i mean in sketch and improv you totally rely on that even more in comedy there's crickets and silence and that's painful enough but in for sketch to survive it actually needs the audience to buy into it wholly and come along with you yeah, because you can't also in the middle of a sketch, you can't just like turn to the audience and be like, guys, it's all right. We're, we're still fun people. Come on, let's get into it. You know, you got to stay the <laughs> yeah. script. You got to be these characters. <laughs> Keep doing it. You're like, we yeah. have another two minutes. <laughs> it is totally true. Do you guys think, I mean, there's one interesting thing that I kind of think is going to happen when we come out of this pandemic and, you know, as the clubs reopen and the festivals and all that stuff comes back around again is... And I know most of you have sort of, you know, you've you've done stand-up and sketch and improv. You've kind of dipped your feet in all three. But in hubs like here in Toronto, there was always sort of this weird divide where it was different camps. I mean, Tim's like sitting there nodding, you know, like, you know, especially the stand-up purists were always the worst for this. It's like, no, sketch is its own thing. Improv, it's its own thing. Stand-up's its own thing. And everybody sort of kept separate. And there was those purists where like, well, that's not stand-up's real comedy. That's not comedy. But I think now, because we've had a couple of years where Canadian comics were forced to sort of come together more and just sort of figure this thing out and get through it together, and also be a lot more pliable in what you were willing to do, you kind of had to spin a bunch of different plates. So if you were somebody who was only stand-up before, you had to do viral content and crank stuff out and do Zoom shows and put out sketches because that was the only way to still connect with an audience. Do you guys think more of that's going to sort of melt away when we come back to I don't want to say normal, but at least at least things being open again, live human audiences again. I mean, I think certainly to a a, a, a degree, but at one point, I, I think the the beef between standups and improv is too deep to, to, <laughs> yeah. to be perfectly melded. It's funny you mention that, like, because that's part of the reason we formed as a sketch troupe. Franco and I recognized each other from standup shows, and as well taking improv classes. And then, like, we were like we we're one of the few people who we saw doing both. So we we're like, oh yeah, you're gonna. We're gonna keep each other's secrets, you know. <laughs> you see that, yeah. like, we're not gonna mention this. <laughs> it's a lot. It's like how uh, a lot of uh, refugees uh, connect because uh, they're from the old country. We're from the old country of stand-up. Yeah, guys, <laughs> my language. Yes. <laughs> I, there's like a, it's like a weird beef there. It's like that whole thing where people say that you know stand-ups always wish they were musicians and and vice versa. I think it's a. I think part of it is because when stand-ups go to a commercial audition that their agent sends them to and they see that it's a room filled with sketch and improv people they know they are getting that part <laughs> True. Yeah. I, I mean it's like i i've 
they're different worlds. I, I never quite understood the beast. Sometimes I think, as you were saying, it might just be the fact that like, it's a different muscle, you know, standards yeah. have it in a certain way, but it's a slightly different muscle. Cause I've seen standards. So I think are so funny going to improv set and absolutely just freeze. Like yeah. they don't know what to do. And I'm like, wow, you were, you've been doing this for like a decade. And like you, like you've lost it. You've had nothing. You don't know where you are. And I can see in your eyes, you're scared, you know, <laughs> that's, that's so impressive, you know, but yet they can riff. Like if they're <laughs> yeah. doing a stand up yeah. set and some weird happens, then they can do, it's still improv, but it's when it's not like set up on its own, it, it feels different. I feel like standups are jealous of improv audience. Cause you go to a standup show. I feel like audiences are scared to sit up front. They don't yeah. want the comedian to talk to them. They're hesitant to talk, but you go to improv. Like they're just like, Whoa, yeah row shouting out whatever they want like it's yeah it's totally true because improv crowds are like they're doing the opposite they're like pick me pick me like there's that call and response they want to be a part of the thing in stand-up that is counterintuitive to everything because audience members who want to be part of it are that's usually drum <laughs> <the> show. <laughs> <laughs> but it is terrifying i mean I, we're, we'll come back with more of this out of the break but it is terrifying because at least in stand-up as you all know you can kind of you're you're hiding behind this sort of like amped up extreme version of yourself and you're sort of you're hiding behind this wall of material in improv it's like no you just have to roll with whatever happens and come up with things as they happen and you're it's it's quite naked man i don't know i've tried it i admire i always admired it even when i was doing stand-up it's like to me that's more terrifying i don't know uh anyways we're gonna come back with more Tall Boys to Men, the cast of Tall Boys on CBC, right here on the Roundup on Inside Jokes. Hi, this is Richard Lett. You're listening. Okay, I'm sorry. Hey, this is Alex Wood, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Roundup right here on Inside Jokes, baby! We've got the cast of Tall Boys, the hit CBC comedy series, which of course came to life from the Toronto sketch troupe Tall Boys to Men. Uh, we're talking about bombs, live audiences, all the stuff that helps comedy series eventually get to air and all the places that we all come from i wanted to, i was curious though to pick your brains up who who were some of your influences i mean obviously yeah and we've mentioned it 10 times during this show already but you know when you think of canadian sketch everybody automatically goes back to kids in the hall before that digging deeper there was always like codco sctv all that stuff but you guys have an interesting flavor to the to the content that you guys do because there is that sort of absurd off the wall stuff i mean some of it kind of reminds me of like mr show influences like that um, but there's also this sort of like, there's still that Canadian, I don't want to say politeness, but sort of a bashfulness to it. It's like, you guys could be talking about arguably the most serious thing, but you'll still make it like off the wall, crazy and absurd and palatable and approachable. So I'm curious, who were some of your influences in sketch going into all this? Uh, I feel like I, I got to mention a local Toronto sketch scene, legendary scene that been going on for like over a decade now. Vesta Friends. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh were, yes. But yeah. Uh, just amazing, like top tier, <laughs> mind blowing sketches, just packed with punchlines. That um, definitely one of the big influences. Yes, and of course, shout out to yeah Mark Hallworth, who is, uh, I mean, comedy is a bitterness inducing. <laughs> <laughs> land of pain and failure i think mark hallworth is one of the most 
effervescent and <laughs> and like just happy-go-lucky people <laughs> I've ever met in comedy. He's like a walking Mentos commercial. It's unreal. Like, <laughs> no matter what happens in comedy, you cannot get that man down. Uh, Franco, we'll throw it over to you. Who were who are some of the people that you had in mind when you started bringing all this stuff to the table? Uh, I think like Ch- Dave Chappelle, The Chappelle Show, uh, Key and Peele are big influences. Uh, in Canada, oh, yeah. it's like uh, Picnic Phase is a love Picnic Phase. Oh, Picnic Phase uh, was fantastic, yeah. Yeah, Elephant Empire. Uh, uh, I loved uh, uh, Soul Decision with uh, Kevin Vidal and Christian Smith. They're such a great troupe. Um, man, yeah, this is like a bunch Tony Ho. Of, uh, oh, Tony Ho is great. Tony oh, Ho, Tony yeah. Ho is great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love uh, Baroness too. Baroness, Baroness yeah, we had them on a couple of years ago, and I mean, yeah, that's another thing. Like part of this wave of, I mean, Toronto itself always has such a rich sketch history. I mean, you you look at the number of troops that have been around for ten plus years that you could go and see live. It's 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 pretty staggering. Uh, Goulet and Vance, how about you guys? Who are you sort of? Who was top of mind for you when you started shooting all this stuff? Uh, for me, I. I, yeah, a lot of Key and Peele. Uh, I would also like, I can't remember half these troops, but I watch a lot of sketches on YouTube and I'd see these one off troops that, like, uh, I think Boat Comedy was one of the troops. Uh, oh, yeah, Boat Comedy was great. Like, they, they did live performances and also film stuff. And, like, seeing just people like that who are doing some top tier, really well written sketches, but then <laughs> it feels like nobody knows about. <laughs> and I really enjoyed that being like, oh, look at this. It's me and 200,000 people who know about this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Vance, for you, what was some of the stuff you liked watching coming up? Oh, I'm super basic. I'm just like an SNL guy. I love everyone that was like when I was in high school, like Will Ferrell and like Tina Fey and all that stuff. Like, yeah, very, very, uh, very basic comedy sense sensibilities. But I, I, I love, I love that era of SNL. That was, oh, I mean, it was a great era. There's nothing wrong with that answer either. I think arguably the most underrated SNL performer of all time is Chris Parnell. That's like. Oh yeah, that's almost definitely. I love. I yeah. love. Been underrated. Needs <laughs> <laughs> more so roles. That whole that whole crop of performers was yeah, it was amazing. Because SNL is this weird, you know. And there's diehard SNL loyalists, but you really have to stick with them through like the lowest of the lows. <laughs> you get these great peak casts and these great writers rooms that come out of there, and then you'll get like a five year slump where it's just like this is painful but I swore I would stick with them until <laughs> I love, by the way, that we mentioned picnic phase. Cause I feel like nobody really talks about that troop anymore. And I mean, the man, they were, some of their stuff was so bizarre. It made Tim and Eric look like the electric company. Like it was <laughs> great. <laughs> it was just like, sometimes you'd be watching it and be like, my brain is melting, but it was uncomfortably hilarious. I love them so much. Speaking of troops like that, by the way, let's say you guys, you know, keep getting greenlit season after season. You keep blowing up more and more. You're on CBC for another 10 years. What next after that? A tall boys, the movie, would you go the <laughs> Tim and Eric route? Would we do a tall boys movie or what? Where they're just yeah. like, here's 90 minutes. And X amount of dollars, do whatever the hell you want. I'd love yeah. to create a tall boy's virtual reality experience. So <laughs> maybe it's like the movie, but you, you got to put on goggles. You get to experience us in our actual height. Because I think that's the big thing. Uh, We're tall boys, but you're watching it on a screen. We don't know how big your screen is. You don't know how tall we are. So we need to be able to give audiences across the world that experience. 
like a meta tall boys yeah <laughs> yeah the metaverse yeah yes, yeah tall boys teams up with with mark zuckerberg <laughs> <laughs> we make the first virtual comedy club is what we're gonna do that's yeah i think yeah daniel daniel woodrow and rodney ramsey are they're your go-to's there they're the toronto yeah. zuckerbergs now all right we gotta hit them up <laughs> every time we have them on the show now they just have disappeared further into the matrix uh <laughs> All right, we could honestly pick your brains about this all day. Uh, but before we do let you go, of course, we'll go around, find out where we can find everybody. And of course, most importantly on this panel where everybody could tune into Tall Boys. Franco, where can we find you, my friend? Uh, you can find me at Franco Wins, F R A N C O W I N S, uh, on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, uh, I think those are the main ones I'm on. Um, Friendster, et cetera. <laughs> all right, we go. Tim Blair, where can we find you, man? Uh, you can try to find me on Twitter, but I spelt my handles with all L's instead of I's in my name. So it's pretty complicated. Just search Tim Blair. I'll come up. <laughs> TL, follow TLM Blawler. <laughs> yeah. That's how you doing? All right. Vince, Vance Banzo, where can we find you, my friend? Uh, so I'm still on Spotify. I don't care, man. I don't care. I don't care, dude. I'm still on it. All right. So just follow me. It's Vance Banzo. I'm making playlists. Give him a like. Exclusively of Rogan using the N word. Uh, there we go. <laughs> but it's but really good. good. It's mixing very well. Like the yeah. drop comes in right when you least expect it. Um, but it's all just Joni Mitchell covers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Gulet Abdi, where can we find you, man? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at GUL3D and then on Twitter, it's G eight L E A D. I love it. The cast of this show has literally the most complicated. <laughs> but we can find you all where we'll throw that to you, Franco. Where can we find all things tall boys? You can uh, on every social media platform at tall boys is a show and you can check out the show on CBC and CBC Gem uh, on Tuesdays, 9.30. And the previous scenes are all on, the seasons are all on uh, CBC Gem right now. Watch there it. There we go. Follow Tall Boys and Men. Catch a live show when they happen. <laughs> but make sure you go over to CBC and CBC Gem to check out Tall Boys because there's some amazing new comedy stuff happening on Canadian TV. Again, finally, that is our roundup. That is our panel. Thank you all so much to the cast of Tall Boys. Don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes right back to the dawn of time on Global News Online. That is our show. We'll be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's Comedy Rx is the Tall Boys Pizza Sketch. Hi, I'm Anthony Ferrari from Ferrari's Pizzeria. If you want the best pizza in the city, come on down to 443 Valley Bottom Road or call our number. Call 631-555-0179, extension 9-318, and tell the receptionist that you want to speak to Antonio. That's me. Make sure you add the extension, otherwise you won't get our pizza. I'll repeat it again for you. 631-555-0189. Actually, boss, it's 179. Pretty sure it's 189. Earlier we said 179. All right, let's stick with 179. But I'll confirm that after the shoot. 631-555-0189.